So you're just gonna roll over and take that? I mean, where's your backbone? I, I have to do this because I need this in my life right now. Hmm. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get down, dirty, and in it, and we get to talking about a way to defeat your inner Goliaths. I'll see you on the flip. A way to defeat your inner Goliaths. Hmm. I'm going to tell you. This, this is something that um, I struggle with and I know that most people struggle with and I wish I could give you a one-two punch of how to just knock it out. But what we can do is we can explore it and we can work on ways to defeat them as they appear and show up. Because a lot of these, for them to be giants in our life, they sure do know how to hide. And the other day I was talking with someone who uh, is an employee and they have a really nice job at a nice company and the company is doing some stuff as companies are, they do. And uh, the future of um, what this person would be doing with the company is up in the air. And I was talking with him. And uh, I was like listening and just in total um, shock, for lack of a better term, of how uh, they could not see that it was not the company holding them down or torturing them. It was their inner Goliaths. And um, I didn't say much because you know how there are just sometimes you know when somebody is ready to hear something and when they're not, and especially if they are not asking you for your opinion or advice, you just, well, I just, I shut up, I listen, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) because there are times when people just want you to listen. They don't want you to fix it or give them any insight or whatever. Um, I don't co-sign on that stuff because in my world, I wouldn't want anybody co-signing on, on things that I need to grow on, but that's just me. But in the meantime, and in between time, for us people over here, us folks that are always looking for the deep learning, the deep wisdom to, to change, to grow, and uh, to evolve, I got you, booze. So let's get into it. All right. So um, defeating your inner Goliaths. I'm going to say that all those selves, yeah, selves, what an heck. Uh, that we have to deal with, they can be the big bad monsters. They can be the giants, the obstacles uh, in our way and all of that. And I'll also say this because I was going to try to bring in um, one of uh, the books that I I really like that Ryan Holiday has done called The Obstacle is the Way. It's a great book, y'all. It's like a, a, a contemporary primer for stoicism and, you know, how to how to keep going, how to have a stiff upper lip and all of that. But you know what? Right now, we don't have time for for that. We got to get down with the get down and get in this. And, you know, The Obstacle is the Way is a great book, but it takes time and uh, we need some quick fixes, okay? So let me qualify this. When I talk about your inner Goliaths, I am talking about not only your shadows and those types of things, but I am talking about all that stuff that makes us us 
that is uh, causing us to stumble, to have problems, to advance, to not advance, to, you know, whatever. Okay. So it includes shadows, but there are some other things as well. And some of it just comes down to who we are as an individual and as humanity. So the selves. Now I made, uh, I just jotted down a few of them, but there are many others. If they come up for you while you're listening to this, great. So here we go. All of those selves like self-pity, self-doubt, self-sabotage, self-hatred, self-deception, self-delusion, all of those and many more are going to qualify as these Goliaths that we got going on. And I heard this this uh, wonderful statement um, that it was just so profound that I, I actually had to ponder over it and, you know, marble it around, meditate on it. But this is what it said. It says, your strength and your weakness is the same. Let me repeat that for you one more again. Your strength and weakness is the same. And it's kind of like, when you have uh, someone that you're enamored with, you you love them. And, and when you're first starting out, oh, you love this little quirk about them and everything. And you stay around that joker for, so, for long enough. And that quirk that you loved is going to be the very thing that you hate. And that's what I immediately thought about it. But then I took another view at it. And I took a view at it as with, you know, containing it within myself. Uh, my strength and my weakness is the same. And I looked at that word same. I was so busy looking at strength and weakness that I forgot same. And the sameness is where wisdom smacks started just popping off, popping off y'all. And what do I mean by that? That little four letter word same, honey, let me tell you that when you have same, sameness, it means that there is a connective cohesion going on. It means that there is a, uh, a smooth transition. It's in the same network. Um, it is, and let me just, let me just go back and tell you, break it down what it means. Okay. So, what it means from a uh, from the hist- history of the word is that it means to be pure. Isn't that something? Same is it, it means to be uh, pure with you know within itself. It also means to be together, uh, together with. Um, it can also be one. You know, and when you you cannot divide one and still have a whole. And so strengths and weaknesses, they are not different. They are your same. And get this, if you go back, it can also mean identical. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can mean um, uh, the... It, it means that it, what you're looking at is you're looking at something head on or on top of, behind, underneath. And no matter what angle you look at it, it is, the, it is that one thing. And when I looked at that, I, I realized that, oh my gosh, I am together in and of myself, my, my sameness. And thus, for me, I was like, wow, okay, so looking at something from the sameness, but still trying to get rid of my weaknesses meant that I was causing confusion within myself. 
And we've talked about sovereignty when it comes to self on this channel before, but let me go on and, and say it again. Sovereignty means that you are the highest order. You are the uh, power of, of, of the country, the universe, the galaxy called you or whatever your name is. And the buck stops here. And so um, I even thought about, you know, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln's famous "A House Divided," um, uh, uh, you know, within itself cannot stand. And I was like, "Wow, I was not embracing the sameness." And so now let's go back and let's look at these selves again, okay? And when we think about our inner Goliaths, our inner giants, and we look at pity, doubt, sabotage, hate, deception, delusion. And then we look at that and we're like, okay, uh, if I think of that as a weakness, it's also my strength. So how, how do I take these negatives and turn them into a positive? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is this. There are certain things that I believe we come packaged with in our operating systems that we are supposed to learn how to turn into a positive. And I've talked about weak people. And when you look at, you know, having self-pity, self-doubt, sabotage, hate, you know, all these others, it becomes apparent and clear whether or not you're strong or you're weak in these things. And so like weak people, they can't handle external circumstances as well as they can't even handle uh, taking criticism about their shortcomings. And let's not even talk about when you try to get someone on the carpet who has uh, a weak understanding. They become evasive. They overtalk you and all that stuff. Yeah, we talked about that on this channel about folks overtalking us and stuff. And what I want to say is going back to this weakness and strength as being the same, to be a weak person is to do the very thing that I found that I was doing. And that was to ignore this side of myself. And when you ignore something, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And thus, it becomes your inner Goliath. Uh, now, most people are familiar with the story of David versus Goliath. And uh, some have even argued that David and Goliath are as we're talking about, a metaphorical example of what goes on within our lives, where sometimes your strong self has to defeat your gargantuan uh, enemy self in a battle without the, the power and might that you would think you would need. Sometimes it takes just that one shot. And the funny thing about that parable, um, story, metaphor, whatever, is that David defeated Goliath by shooting a pebble between his eyes, meaning for it, for those of you who understand this, meaning that he activated the third eye, the uh, pineal gland, the ability to see and to become aware. And I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> this is a story with many different levels. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah, it is, you guys. Okay, so looking at it from the, these things, a way to defeat your Goliaths when you're looking at this stuff and you have to understand and start to embrace that your weakness 
and your strength are the same, that they are one. And that if you try to deny or downplay the weaknesses or ignore them, oh my gosh, then they become these strong Goliaths that it takes a strength within you on the strength side to be very precise in taking down that uh, that giant to help you become more integrated of who you are. Because remember that same word, same, means together. And so a way to defeat your inner Goliaths is, so far, <laughs> is to first of all, recognize that it's one and the same, you're together. And then to understand how to stop uh, giving away your power by ignoring that other side of yourself so that you you integrate back in. It becomes a homogenous being where it is connected and there is no telling of, of the difference. I'll say this. The more you start to work on finding and uh, identifying your inner Goliaths, the more complex and interesting you become. Uh, yeah. Uh, y'all, like I said, y'all know I'm a Jungian girl. I love me some Carl Jung. And when I consider the anima and animus, that is a concept that he had that talks about our oppositeness when it comes to how we deal with our our gender, if you will, the law of gender. And uh, this is not about sexuality as much as this is about um, perception through how we go about our world. And so for uh, the male, it's going to be our anima. And anima with that A, that's how I always remembered it, is the feminine side of the masculine. And then animus, U.S., uh, us uh, is the male side, which uh, is the counterpart to the feminine. And I bring this up because in these Goliaths and these selves and all this stuff, you're going to find that a lot of times, if you are trying to be too stereotypically male or female in your approach to life, that is a blaring symbol that you are suppressing the parts that you feel are weak. And thus, those are the very parts that are ruling you. Um, <laughs> I will, you know, I, this is a family-friendly message and channel, um, but as a romance writer, I, uh, yes, I have some erotic books out there, you know, and I, I've done quite a bit of study into that side of things. And one of the things I learned about people who have fetishes and kinks and those types of things is that they tend to explore these sides of their personality through the, the, the sense of uh, sexual uh, expression. And so that is how you can have someone who has a high-powered job, um, is considered a powerful person in the community, and when they express themselves in that community uh, with um, through a sexual uh, encounter or, or event or act, they usually go for, the depending on who they are, anima or animus. There have been people who, like I said, high political, high uh, responsibility to the society or to a corporation or something, and they go in and they want to be uh, subdued. They want to be submissive. And thus, this is another expression of how these Goliaths can grow. 
and become these giants that must be expressed some way or another. All right. So the next thing is, is looking at understanding uh, yourself a little bit more there. And I've talked about this book before, but if you want a primer, a good primer on the psychology it's very Freudian. I'll 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 say that. Um, because and when we talk about Freudian in on this channel, I am going to be talking more about uh, going back to the the beginning stages of life. Like I said, I'm not Freudian uh, because I believe in dealing with stuff now. Yes, we can go and look and see if there's stuff from the past, but. I'm dealing with you right now. Let's let's fix you right now. <laughs> Not fix you, but you know what I mean. Um, but in his approach, you'll see a lot of uh, Freudian types of things where he does tend to talk about going back through the past and 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 looking at formative things that make people who they are and stuff. And I have no problems with that. I just wanted to let you know that. But the book is by Robert Greene and it is called uh, The Laws of Human Nature. And he has in there 18 laws. Now, if you are a Robert Greene fan, such as I am, you know, he loves to use history. He loves to use rules. And in this particular one, there are 18, he calls them rules, but a lot of them are self-expressions of uh, strength or weakness that he uh, looks at. And his whole thing is telling you, embrace this stuff. Stop ignoring it. Stop pretending like this isn't you. And he's right. And so I'll just call out a few of them because we don't have a lot of time today, but I want to make you uh, as strong as possible. And I want to open your awareness wider so that you can start to defeat those Goliaths and integrate them back into your Davids so that you can be as strong as you need to. Because it was after that battle when David won, that then he became the heir apparent and he he earned the, the right to have sovereignty, not only of himself, but of a, a nation at that time. And so it's a powerful uh, story and a powerful uh, metaphor for, for what we need to go through in this particular stage. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that Robert Greene covered in um, this book, uh, the, the Laws of Human Nature. One of them is he talked about irrationality. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, this is, this is, I think he did such a great job with this. And he, he's even known for saying about uh, irrationality is that we need to develop rationality. And his way of developing rationality is, is this. He says that rationality is the ability to counteract our emotional effects, to think instead of reacting. And he goes on to say that it doesn't come easy and you must, but they, this rationality has to be cultivated. And he says, if you don't do it, you'll, you'll not be able to realize your greatest potential. And I totally and wholeheartedly agree with it at this time with the resources, the knowledge and the experience I have. Okay. And so there are books like uh, Predictably Irrational. Um, there are famous um, companies that have been built around our irrationality, like um Amazon for one, but get this, Netflix. Netflix has gone on record as saying that their competition is sleep and that they are winning. Oh yes, 
Because people are predictably irrational. If you give them something that's good to them like sugar, they will consume it until they cannot. How many times have you gone to work bleary-eyed because you you had to just watch one more episode of the the great cooking bake-off or one more episode of the office or whatever it is that you were watching? I don't even know if the office is on Netflix, but you know, you get my point. And only to find out that you knew better. When you have time to look back on it, you're kicking yourself the next day or after the fact because you, quote unquote, knew better. But see, that's the reason why your knowing and your doing can be two different things. So irrationality is one of the things. This this next one I want to call out, we've talked about it before. I did a podcast that I'm very proud of and uh, about narcissists and echo and how to deal with the everyday narcissist. I have, there's a great book that I uh, recommended in that episode. Go check it out. And with narcissism, uh, we're, we're now coming to learn that narcissism is a scale and that most people are on the narcissistic scale. On one end to the left, we've got the echoist. This is the meek and mild person who wants no attention shown on them. They are very, uh, they feel physical pain when they get any attention. And then on the opposite end, we have the absolute narcissist who believes that the world is their playground and that everyone is their objects or their subjects to be played with. They have ownership over people, things, events, and everything, and that the world revolves around them. You know, so there are uh, various gradients. And then they talk about being smack dab in the bell curve of narcissism where they talk about your happy narcissist where when they look at you they because they have this rose colored uh view of life they see everything as brilliant and they are your best pump you up hype you up inspirational motivational folk who when you leave them you feel like you can do anything because they have invited you to take a look through the lens of their world. And so there are just very many, many different things. But with this, with this narcissism, understand that don't run from it. There is a reason why you might have some of these tendencies. And when you start to work with dealing with them and understanding that your strength and your weakness is the same, then it'll start to teach you why it's in your life. The next one, role playing. We talked about this one before. This is persona and the public mask we wear. And in the book, what I like about how um, Robert Greene attacks this, he acknowledges that we all have a public persona. But then he has little things underneath it where he talks about envy and he talks about covetousness and all this other stuff. And uh, what he says is, is to look at body language, micro expressions, microaggressions, and start to learn more about your environment so that you can learn more about yourself. How do people react when you tell them good news or bad news? How do people interact with you when they show you uh, things that they've acquired. Do you have a lust in your heart that you want it to? Um, he even talks, and this is the part, because I had said I was going to do this podcast, and I'm going to do it. I've done a pod- podcast about schadenfreude, but I have not done my podcast about its equal opposite, Mitfreude. And um, 
he talks about mid-Freud. Mid-Freud is when you are happy for others, happy for others to succeed. And he calls that the, uh, not he doesn't call it, but he, he positions mid-Freud as the cure to assimilating those things back in. If you have envy in your heart, if you are uh, a, um, a faker, you know, all these different things, he's like, practice Midgard and you'll be able to, to bring that back under the fold of your strength slash weakness where they become the same and your strengths start to integrate and decrease your weaknesses back down to where they're manageable. He also talks about things like short-sightedness, defensiveness, uh, of course, the dark side, the shadow part. Oh my gosh, his treatment of grandiosity and then aggression, those two are just phenomenal. I'm talking about edge of your seat, like, oh my gosh, he did the doggone thing. Now, of course, he takes some liberties with how he interprets the people that he um, uh, highlights for these, but still, it's just an amazing. So like, you know, I encourage you to check this book out. So it's a long read. I'm not going to even lie. But in his treatise in grandiosity, he takes stuff that I'm familiar with because I studied this stuff in grad school, you know, when I was working on my MBA. And he talked about Michael Eisner and the Disney thing and the Disney Europe in France and oh my God, (laughs) and the grandiosity. And then he talks about in his aggression, he talks about one of those titans that you can spend a lifetime studying. Um, and, and so like when he talks about Standard Oil and Rockefeller and he's like, uh, <laughs> um, how even when you like walked on the street, uh, if you passed him up, he would do everything he could to overtake you again because he never wanted to, you know, have anybody walking in front of him. And yet and still he was a docile man, uh, very quiet, but very lethal <laughs> in how he did things. And I'm laughing because... When I was having to read it and learn it in school many, many years ago, I was like, this is boring. But now, in hindsight, and especially getting a chance to look at it and interact with it again with fresh eyes, new experiences and stuff, it becomes comical because it was right there. All right. So um, in my last few minutes, I want to say these things about um, uh, defeating your inner Goliaths. First and foremost, develop your muscle of rationality. And to do that, you are not going to be rational if you try to punch down, ignore, beat up, uh, or feel ashamed of, or try to ignore your emotions and their effects and impact. The first thing to become rational when you're working on it is to acknowledge them, get the lesson of why they exist in your life. Understand the serenity's prayer of what you can change and what you can't. Some of this stuff is nature and some of this stuff is nurture. If you find that you have a covetousness about you and you realize that, oh, this is not who I am. This is how I was raised. Then you can change that. But if it's just who you are, it might be trying to tell you that instead of you wanting what others have, anything that you're wanting means that you can have it and that you need to be concentrating on getting it for yourself. So it might just be a tip off that, hmm, this is something that you can have and this is just showing you that you can have it instead of 
wanting what the other person has and feeling entitled to what somebody else has. And then the next thing is, is when they talk, when, when he talks about thinking instead of reacting, I want to make an amendment to that. And I want to say that you can think through the interaction, the reaction by allowing it to give you wisdom of why it's there. For me, especially when I'm dealing with uh, um, my, my, my clients that come to me for, for wise counsel, I want you to get used to and familiar with and build a habit of seeing all emotions as teachers and um, wisdom gurus. And I believe that our emotions are our signposts, our, our, um, our traffic signals along our roads, our life roads journey, and that you ignore them at peril. And so when I look at it that way, it has served me and many others for many, many years. And and so instead of just think, instead of react, I want to amend that you get to the point where you have your reactions start to quickly inform you of what they're trying to tell you. And you think out of the informed uh understanding of why you're reacting to something. And the more you practice it, the faster and faster it will become such that you'll be able to get to the point where if you feel envy and jealousy about something, you'll be like, oh, okay, thank you. And just like that, you've got the message, you've got the lesson, you've graduated, you've moved on, and now you're able to behave with a Freud, being actually happy for somebody else. And understand that it wasn't cultivated in a day. It's not going to be cultivated uh, or, or, or it wasn't, you know, it, you're not going to cultivate a new and opposing behavior in a day. Give yourself some mercy, some time and some grace to do it. And thus, you'll start to begin to realize your greatest potential. And I'm going to tell you, nine times out of 10, the greatest potential is not even something you ever thought about to this time, because the mind that created the problem is not the mind that's going to solve it. So you know what? Mm, this time has just come too fast, y'all. And my time is up. I do thank you for yours. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening with me, going on this journey with me daily. Don't forget to check the show notes. I will drop the book uh, link for Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. And thank you for those people who are supporting us financially using my links. I appreciate you. And guess what? I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.